Hi friend, my name is Amy Joy and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. The Lord gave me such a precious gift recently and I felt like I get to share it with you. So one of the gifts that my friend Michelle Deus taught me as part of prophetic processing is to take your prophetic words and read over them, ask the Lord for insight into them. And so at some point in 2022, I did a really intense time of transcribing everything that people had spoken over me, kind of cleaning them up. I organized them into themes like this one's about identity. This one's about my calling. There were a few that were in specific categories to me, like this one's about the land. And so, you know, in the identity words, there's a lot about the Lord delighting in me, which I'm assuming would be pretty similar to everybody, but they're very precious, you know, like, oh, the Lord delights in me. Awesome. And then there's ones that are specific to calling. There were a couple in there about Nehemiah and I'm like, yes, I love Nehemiah. So that always makes me happy when there is something that's, that feels, you know, I don't know that most women are getting, you know, Nehemiah words. So makes me happy. But there were a couple of phrases or specific words that as I was going along, Every time I, when I would reread them, I'd be like, oh, oh, I just don't think that that's true. And so, <laughs> oh, this is going to be an interesting episode. So one of the words is the word revival. So my friend Sherry had spoken over me that I was someone who was called to steward revival, which sounds really beautiful. I mean, it's a beautiful word. But when she said it internally, I completely recoiled because here's my deal with revival. I don't understand it. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable. I have a precious friend, my friend Nicole, who if she starts hearing about a revival somewhere like Asbury revival, she will just start weeping. And when I was hearing about Asbury revival, I was trying not to yawn. I mean, I'm just saying like, You can tell me the report, but it is not going to be high on my list of favorite things to listen to right now. So there's also an element. I have friends who live in Wilmore where Asbury is located. And Asbury had had a previous revival a few decades back. And my friends were there for that one. And they had said, you know, it kind of just caused a schism in the church in this community. That there were some who really felt like they had received the Holy Spirit. And they kind of went off and did their thing. And... The ones who didn't kind of felt like, you guys were barking like dogs, that's weird. Is that even from the Holy Spirit? And so it bred mistrust and it felt like the fruit of it wasn't good from their perspective. And so I I love these friends of mine and the fact that they're cessationist, I'm like, well, that's fine. But it makes it difficult to even know how do I... How do I embrace revival when (laughs) there's barking like dogs and just wacky things that happen? And I have enough German and Dutch uh, heritage that wacky things are a little bit challenging for me, shall we say. And so the idea of like, you're called to steward this thing that you find boring and distasteful and you don't understand. Like, oh, okay. um, Thank you. (laughs) Do I have to? So I mentioned this to Bob, and there is additional backstory, (laughs) of course, but what I just shared is probably sufficient to get a sense of why this word did not exactly leave me jumping for joy. And Bob was like, Amy, why don't you look at that word not from like a church history, 
let's look at this in a religious context, but what if you just stepped back and said, what does this mean? What's the definition of revival without the religious overlay? And as soon as he said that, and then he started giving some examples, what does it mean for a company to revive in the realm of business? If you have a a business that's about to go under and it revives, isn't that a beautiful thing? What if what if your land, like the farmer Joel Salatin over in the Shenandoah Valley, what if he buys land and there's deep gullies and it's just kind of destroyed and would not support cows or, you know, like one cow per however many acres, 10 acres, let's say, and now he can do 10 cows per one acre or something, you know, like over the course of a few decades that he revives the land. Isn't that something that excites you? And so he starts talking about these other definitions of revive and revival and I went and I looked up, <laughs> oh Lord, you have such a sense of humor. I went and looked up synonyms for the word revival. And one of them is restore or restoration. And I just started laughing because I was like, Lord, you know that I had called my email initially restore prayer because I just wanted people to pray. And <laughs> And so like, here it is literally in the name that had totally excited me some years ago, back in 2019, I think, or 2020. And so that was, I thought, hilarious. But then in addition, there is also that part where probably one of my very favorite stories about Jesus or what it was said of him is that when it says a smoking wick, he will not snuff out. And the way an elder of mine had translated that was um, a, a like a smoking match. Because maybe it says, a, a anyway, you know, you're like, okay, the thing that they would use to light a fire, when it's almost out, there's no ember even left. It's just smoking. There's like very, very little left. That Jesus doesn't just plunge it, that he stewards it and he, he tries to bring it back to life. And I feel like there's such a gentleness in the Lord about that, that has been one of my very favorite aspects of the Lord. And as soon as I, I had that picture, I was like, oh, that's what I get to steward? Are you kidding me? This is like the deepest cry of my heart. I love reading stories about Joel Salatin. I love reading stories about businesses that turn around. I love reading stories about people's lives that were on the rocks and then the Lord comes in and transforms them. If that's what revival is, I am all in like a hundred percent. And so I just offer that as an example that sometimes we might be given a gift of something and we're like, I recoil from this gift. I don't even want it. I don't understand it. It's like the opposite of what I want. And then maybe the Lord will come and say, oh, well, let's just redefine this because I actually do have a gift for you in it. Oh, Lord. I just remain in awe of how good you are. Thank you, Lord. Amen.